I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from that film stew, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, the Superman legacy continues as the new Superman is cast, not lost to. Aaron Taylor Johnson gets bit by a lion in the Red Band trailer for Craven. Jason Blum kind of confirms a Spawn movie, and Linda Hamilton goes back to the 80s. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So Jason, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? So we've got the casting. The new Superman and the new Lois Lane for the the new dcu or you know what i'm gonna start calling it dc new because that's what it is starting fresh starting new new characters new casting superman legacy david corin sweat will play the man of steel in james gunn's superman legacy and we've also got rachel brosnahan to play lois lane um now what's interesting here is you've got at least like what they've done with Superman in the past, especially on film and even to some degree when he's appeared on, you know, on the small screen on TV is that they haven't always gone with the biggest name, still someone with, and again, Corin Swat, not, you know, notwithstanding, he's got some experience. People who are familiar with what he's done would know him, but he's not a household name. He's not, he's not a big A-lister kind of star. They've done yeah. You know, from George Reeves to Christopher Reeve to Brandon Ralph, Henry Cavill. You know, Henry Cavill, what, what, what was he doing? Tudors. I think he was in Tudors and people he knew did from the, that. But other than that, he did Stardust. The, okay, cool. Yeah. That movie. And you know what? On yeah. that, because so much criticism has been put at this guy, and it's like, give him a minute. He's just in cast. He's not yet in Superman shape, which it's something oh. that all the actors need to go through, whether it's Marvel, DC, they get in superhero shape. If you look at Henry Cavill, what did he do before Man of Steel? Well, he was in Stardust. He had blonde hair, a mustache, a sword, <laughs> and he wasn't the bravest character. And even when you see shots of Cavill's screen testing, yeah, this guy, I, I think people just need... Oh, yeah, Scrawny. Like, he's still guy. bigger than me, but Scrawny. <laughs> some slack, just cutting some slack. And the and the actress playing Lois as well, Rachel Brosnahan, like, give her a minute. Like, she's just been cast. <laughs> I know people that are already saying that Snyder's Man of Steel is a better Superman movie than the one that James Gunn is going to make. Why don't we just wait? Just give him. Just How do give we know him, this? <laughs> just give him a a minute. But we now have Superman and Lois. What I will say, I thought the the casting announcement was a little bit off. They announced this just ahead of the season three finale of the TV series Superman and Lois, and I was like. Could you not just give these guys their finale? 
As the finale is about to happen online, everybody was talking about this casting in relation to Superman. It was all about this casting. Whether they had to get ahead of something, maybe it was getting out and they're like, hey, let's make an official announcement. But it just... Because what's happening, Like, keep in mind, so they are Superman and Lois, not just in Superman Legacy, any upcoming video games, animation, whether it's feature length, TV series, they are going to be, yeah, yeah, so they are going to be playing these characters. I'm thinking Superman and Lois getting a fourth season could be the fourth and final season. I would like to see more from them, but if this is the direction that DC are going because everything else it ended whether it be Stargirl Doom Patrol Titans the only two shows that are continuing since James Gunn Peter Safran came on board Superman and Lois and the Harlequin animated series everything else is just going to start anew Superman Legacy is going to be the first DC Universe film Blue Beetle which is the next film from DC, is going to be the first DC Universe character. So it's going to be interesting how that all comes out. But yeah, I just thought the announcement, just ahead of yeah. the season three Seems finale. like a, we know it's going to be a weird transition as we go into it. I would think, again, I've said it before, just just start everything fresh. Start but it goes to show, we'll see how it? it all unfolds. The idea is that everyone's going to be on the same page. But with Superman and Lois, the Harlequin animated series, it isn't quite yet because they're two shows that are just coming over from. Was, yeah, that's it. But we have to see how how long will they last, and can they exist in the Elseworlds kind of bubble past twenty twenty? I mean, that's true. Not. Maybe maybe they want to just give it, even if they get a fifth season, that might still get them in before twenty twenty five. But then we've got you know writers strike potentially a screen actors. Strike as well coming, maybe who knows? Anyway, that all aside, it's so right, unknown, it but it's exciting. Time, but I think the I, I don't think they're actually really caring too much about Superman and Lois on TV. I think what they're, they're what they're focused on is their films, and I think maybe dropping this news, I think it might be in line with hey, The Flash just came out, and hey, there's so many stories about how The Flash isn't doing great. Let's get something else out there. I think they're trying to take the attention away from the fact that The Flash is not making the money that they've needed. And apparently they're pulling it from cinemas. Because man, they don't need them on all the screens. People aren't going to them. And, that's and again, doing. that's why I thought it was interesting with Flash on the big screen not doing as well as Warners have hoped. They announced that the Flash director, Andy Muschietti, will officially direct Batman, The Brave and the Bold. There's no writer or release date set yet, but this is like the new DC universe. We're going to get Superman Legacy. We're going to get a new Batman film. Remember The Flash? Oh, you didn't see it? Well, that guy, he's going to direct our new Batman film. <laughs> and like We've shared our thoughts on, obviously, the, the Flash we have. film and all of that. But, I mean, look, Andy Muschietti has proven himself as a great director. Um, and all the stuff that, all the faults that I've had with that film. I mean, at the end of the day, look, everything comes down to the director as it should. Like, he's the one that should be in charge of making sure things are happening. We can point blame here, there, and everywhere else 
when we can. But I think if that's his bad day at the office, fine. And look, again, there were fun bits in that film. Like, There's oh, definitely things to was... like, but if if you think, right, yeah. Joe, I mean... He's a good director, I think. Yeah, it, it's confusing. The Flash TV series ran for nine seasons, and Grant Gustin first appeared in season two of Arrow. So Grant Gustin played The Flash for 10 years. During his time as The Flash, Ezra Miller had been cast as Barry Allen The Flash. He first had that appearance in Batman v Superman, and all these years later, he was in his own Flash movie. But there'd been big, like three big shifts in power at Warner Brothers. So for Andy Machete to work through, and he wasn't the only director, directors coming and going. He was the one that finally directed the film. So all the changes that were happening. It's why the movie had three different endings, depending on what was going to happen next for the DC Universe. (laughs) So I do think Machete did do a good job. I just thought it interesting with how The Flash was tracking. Warners are like, oh, by the way, the director of yeah. The Flash, he's the new director of The Batman. But if you have seen The Flash, you would see that Machete is pretty qualified as he has directed multiple Batman. So there you go. He's got experience. Do you know what? Technically, has he directed the most Batmans? In one film? Absolutely, I would say. Or just the most different Batman? I mean, yeah. Who else has directed three different Batmans? I mean, we don't want to spoil the last one for people that haven't seen the movie. And apparently on, there's a lot of people. Uh, well, I might have doing. just thrown out a random number there. Yeah, people, people know people. from the trailer Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton. Mm. They, wouldn't know, they wouldn't know who else. So yeah, we'll sure. leave it. Um, I'll, move on. I'll move on. But what's... I'll just sidestep here and kind of go back to that first story that we had with the casting because I feel like we didn't really give them their due. Look, the, the past week or so in my household has been very superman and lois focused <laughs> as in we waited for we were a few days out from the final episode of season three of superman and lois dropping and that was the sign that my wife and i were like okay hey we're gonna start binging that season and we did it and like we committed to it. a little that a little bit of that drive was the fact that actors uh tyler hecklin and elizabeth Tulek appeared um, at Supernova here in Perth. They're in Sydney as well, but we are here in Perth. So got to meet them, all that kind of fun stuff. We're watching them like three episodes a night in our house. It's very, it's a very intimate thing that I feel like we had with them, but they're not aware of, which is kind of weird. Anyway, very deeply invested this week. Then to have the news drop of the, you know, the new feature film movie actors, kind of bittersweet because I'm like, I want to be excited, but I'm also like, I'm kind of really invested in these two people at the moment. So I don't want to. So you're right. Like announcing it before that final episode, just weird timing. Just, I've, I'm just so involved in this show right now that if it had been announced like now, I'd been like, all right, cool. I'm ready to move on now until season four does. But anyway, um, but hey, listen, two, I, two I love Superman. I could spend the whole episode purely talking about sp- Superman, but instead of, Heading to our third news story, you <laughs> took us back to the first news story. Well, I feel like we didn't acknowledge the actual like the actors that much. Like the the lowest lane character or the actor, she's you know from the marvelous Miss Maisel, so obviously doing great stuff there. And 
Corin Sweat. Where is he from? I had it somewhere and I misput where I put my notes. Oh, we no could just maybe that. move to the third news story. Oh, fine. We'll move on. Fine. Sorry, Superman. We'll care about you when you're in a movie. <laughs> I guess it's that how it's got to be. That's all good. We can move on. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Let's make it Marvel. Here we go. Marvel-esque. Um, Red Band trailer. Craven the Hunter. Sony. Marvel. Spider-Man. What are they Spider-Man, doing? One of those villains. What are they doing? We recently reviewed Across the Spider-Verse. Brilliant. Into the Spider-Verse. Fantastic. Venom. Venom, let there be carnage. Morbius. Not so much. And now we're getting this trailer. All the Spider-Man villains have been turned into anti-heroes. Can they not just be villains? And this is a different take. I mean, what is happening here? What is bled on by... it's like he's bit by the lion. Is it a yeah. radioactive lion? What and then the blood, it merges right. with his genetics and he changes. The thing with Craven, he's a great tracker, he's a hunter, and he sees Spider-Man as the ultimate yeah, prize. Where he's, well, clearly not. The, I mean, <laughs> the casting is fantastic. I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven, I really like that. Russell Crowe, the dad of Craven. I mean, that's just his go-to now. Like, he's Superman's dad in Man of Steel. He's Craven's dad here. I'm pretty sure he's somebody else's dad as well. He's, he's done a few... Well, he's Hercules' dad in um, the MCU. There you go. All on that, Aaron Taylor Johnson, also, you know, Pietro Maximoff. Or yeah, Quicksilver. In the MCU. So, I mean, that's... look, if they want this to cross is not... the universe it's... one day, it's confusing. It's confusing. But, but it's yeah. not that, yeah. is it? So, Craven, I mean, they... I mean, again, this is a Red Band trailer. Like, he bites off a guy's nose and spits it out. Like, they look as though they're going for a violent movie here. I just, I don't know. I'm, as I'm watching the trailer, I'm thinking, I don't want another Morbius. Like, that movie was <laughs> the worst. It really was. At least the first Venom movie, not the second one, but the first one had redeeming qualities. I'm just finding it hard to get excited because it's like Sony are looking at films like Ghost Rider, Punisher, which were good enough back then, like in the noughties. And it just feels like they're making movies out of time. They feel like they're making like a nineties or early noughties movie, Mm. but today for like the modern audience, an audience that is watching the MCU, which as I mean, they've come so far. It just feels like they're just, I don't know, it's a weird its a weird approach. But I know I mean, that Venom did well enough at the box office for them, so they're looking to tap into that again. But in animation, they can get it so right with Spider-Verse. But then live action, we've got Craven, Madam Web around the corner. Is it weird that, despite everything, Madam Web is the, is the one that's, like, interesting me? Just because it's got to be so wacky and a little bit different from all this because you're right like these are all have all just been this is the villain character anti-hero spin at least with madam webb there's going to be wacky shenanigans time travel and she's not a villain that's true yeah and it's all yeah it's just all and lots of you know different variations of spider type characters and all that but like 
apart from maybe like the Venom films, because I know like obviously a lot of CGI, oh, maybe even Morbius to an extent. I'm thinking like, are these movies obviously they're going for a cheaper approach? And I feel like Craven would be this could be a movie where they make really on the cheap. So even if they don't get that much of a return on it, like maybe they don't, it doesn't need to make that much money to justify its existence because it's like I mean, a lot of practical stunts, nothing too over the top. I mean, at the end of this trailer, we do get the rhino sort of appearance. and A mutated for... rhino, not a guy yeah. in the suit. What you were just saying a... there would be an interesting approach, and not just for Sony, but like so many movies right now, like we recently reviewed Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Good I think budgets between <laughs> two and $300 million. Yeah. Like Play just, Class X, one of the most expensive movies yeah. ever made, and go smaller. Have they even have they even made money yet? I don't know. If they go putting marketing costs, if they go smaller, they, like it's not going to be this Craven film. Like it is not because they made him a metahuman. They've played with his origin, who the character is. Whereas the same cast, like Aaron Taylor Johnson, is a very good actor, and having a more comic accurate. Craven film, make it for 100, 150 million. And, and then, as you say, then the return, they're going to make that money back a lot quicker, but they're not. They're making it more expensive. We're getting Rhino, not a guy in a suit. It's a silly concept, but it works. It's just a big, strong guy that wears a rhino costume and runs through brick walls. That's his thing. Whereas we're getting a mutation here. It's just rhino. They, they can't I just can't wait get... for the scene. I can't wait for the scene where the guy gets bit by a rhino and then the rhino bleeds <sighs> on him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at like, rhino. <laughs> rhino in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Paul Giamatti, like what a shocker! They just can't get Rhino right. But we've not hang seen. Hang on, hang on, hang on. In Morbius, yeah. Did he get bit by a bat? Yeah, that was is his thing. Yeah. So in it, well, in but it was a it was a specific them. type of bat, wasn't it? And he cut his sure. hands in, and he was bleeding, and the bats were drawn. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, as isn't it? Spider-Man was bit by a spider, Morbius, oh, bats. No, but that's ridiculous. Craven. So it's a scorpion, bit by a scorpion. Oh, man, when they re- when they do another Doc Ock. Oh, octopus? Scene would just be ridiculous. <laughs> octopus and... It's going to be oh, an intimate underwater scene. I just, ah, the big octopus is eating my face. I don't know. Ah, now I'm Dr. Octopus. <laughs> we, I'm, I'm just finding it really difficult to get behind these movies. I remember like it was like such a clear thought within the first five, ten minutes of Morbius just sat there in almost an oh, empty nope. cinema and just thought, oh, no. This is I not going to be. Sonic too. That, that was my thought. Was <laughs> this is not going to be. I, I told my wife film. I wanted to watch Sonic. She said, "No, no, no. We're watching Morbius." But she likes horror. I can see why she chose Morbius. She chose wrong, <laughs> but I can see why she chose it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the Blue Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you know one thing I was doing whilst watching this trailer? I was trying to work out which part of the trailer was the post-credit scene. I swear to God, they do it every time. <laughs> There's a just every time. 
they'll put the post credit scene in this trailer somewhere. I was just like, That's have they done it again? The Rhino is probably the post Could be scene. it. Yeah, could be. <laughs> so if you're going to go to Craven the Hunter hoping for a lot of Rhino, you might be disappointed. Oh, <laughs> you might be disappointed. Um, it's a visual extraction three is in the works with Chris Hemsworth returning as Black Ops mercenary Tyler Rake. Now, we didn't review the second film. I honestly can't remember if we did the did first one. Already? Maybe we did. What, Extraction 2? Have yeah. you not seen it? No. Oh, do yourself a favour, watch it. It is do we, do we, a lot do we of fun. I can't, honestly, we've been doing this for a long time. I can't remember if we did review the first one or not. But there's, there's, some, there's some Netflix, especially like the action movie ones. We're going to talk about one later on, or actually, we're going to talk about one next. But this one, honestly, Extraction 2, recommend it. Go and watch it, especially after watching Thor Love and Thunder. This is a more gritty and still cartoony at times, you know, action scenes, but it's bloody brilliant. And they're trying to tap into some of that John Wick magic of just having like single Mm. shots and and the stunts. And you're watching it because you can see how much Hemsworth is putting into it. And obviously everyone else stunts and, you know, working with him. But there's so much great action. And this is a film. It's clearly action first, story second. And the story is always there, but it's pretty straightforward. From point A, point B, but it's the stunts, it's the action. And they've made Thor so silly in the MCU. <laughs> it is good. Not That's only true. seeing Hemsworth just kick ass as Tyler Rake, but he's, he's an Australian, which is just great. Like he's used, he's got his Aussie accent in it. Honestly, I watched the first extraction film and thought it was decent enough. And again, we may or may not have reviewed it. And the ending, it was obvious that Tyler was alive. And it's, well, definitely obvious because they made the second move. But the second film, for me, goes above and beyond that first film. I watched it with a wife and both of us, like, it's proper good. And sometimes with Netflix films, I'll say, that's a a, a decent Friday night movie. Extraction 2, Saturday night. It is a good Saturday night movie. Honestly, it's a good film. I'm surprised you've not seen it. Are you though? You know, I I just can't get over from the trailer for that for that for the second one when he tries to take cover behind that ladder. I just blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, somebody screenshot somebody screenshotted that. They've shared it online, but he's not a thinker. He's an action guy. That's offensive. <laughs> the thing is, though, All right. I'd not seen it until that screenshot. I didn't notice it watching the movie. Honestly, I remember when we I pointed it out. it out when we talked oh, about did that you? trailer. Oh, okay. Bloody hell. I it forgot. The whole thing. It was like my biggest gripe about that trailer. I forgot. And obviously... well, it's a leave your brain at the door action movie. It goes hard on the action. Yeah. And again, like, I <laughs> don't take this lightly. It is a Netflix action movie worthy of a Saturday night. Well, speaking of Netflix action movies that may or may not be worthy of a Saturday night, Gal Gadot, Jamie Dornan, and 
Alia Bart star in the first trailer for Heart of Stone. Uh, this is, again, a Netflix action film streaming August 11th. Can I just say, there's a certain point where I'll watch a trailer for an upcoming Netflix action film and it's it just looks like a Netflix action film. Like They're all just starting to look the same. Literally, the only difference is that this one has Gal Gadot on it. And I'm like, okay, that's Gal Gadot. Okay, so that's how I de- identify this one differently from this other trailer that has another person. I'm, I'm not even, like, just using hyperbole. Like, I literally am watching the thing like, I, what is unique about this trailer, this movie? Why should I watch this movie? And the answer can't be because it's there on Netflix. It's free. I'm already paying for it. What is this trailer giving me besides action sequences do you know what i realized when watching the trailer i got to a point where i realized i was no longer i was no longer watching the trailer i was just looking at the screen (laughs) and i'm like i'm so relieved to hear (laughs) yeah i mean gal gadot that's cool you know she's in there and we'd seen it Red Notice, another Netflix action movie yeah. with Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds. And that had some good qualities, but this was just, again, it just felt, it felt dated. Like the choice of song that they used in the trailer, it just, it felt like it was out of time, like it was the 90s, early noughties. It didn't really feel modern. I mean, it it looked expensive. Like it didn't look cheap at all. You know, it's, it's on screen. The stunts. It looked bland though. So it didn't look cheap, but it still kind of looked like the tone and color, like the cityscapes and like the, just the environments that she's playing in and all the other characters. And I'm just like, there was nothing unique looking. I'm yeah. like, ah, I mean, it just looks bland. like they picked a random downtown setting somewhere. Yeah. Filmed the car chase, filmed the running. I don't know. Like, bland is, is a good uh, way of putting it. It, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like we're coming from a similar place or the same place with this. Uh, but you know, we'll talk about it more when we review it. So that's uh, oh. a. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll. We'll look at what I'm busy on, on August. We'll look at what we've got on the schedule in August, and we may I'll or be may catching not. up on all these July movies that are coming out. We like, may or yeah. may not review it. <laughs> all right, so that's the main stories that we're going to talk about. But there's some smaller news stories we'll then um, we'll just touch on. Adam Driver and Margot Robbie are reportedly no longer in talks to star in the MCU's Fantastic Four movie. This is hilarious. I mean, that was a rumor. Because, that was a rumor anyway. Yeah, this is, this I know, story. but it, it had been circulating for for the longest time. And when I first saw the casting, Adam Driver, I thought that's that's interesting. And I actually thought he could make a good Reed Richards. But then Margot Robbie, like she, they're talking about her because, well, she's the it girl and she has been for a long time. So it makes sense. She's blonde. Sue Storm is blonde, <laughs> but now apparently they're no longer in talks. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But I thought it worth mentioning because it had been rumoured for quite a while and now it's rumoured to be not true. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, Ben Affleck, um, at least there's more 
like legitimate to, to this rumor ben affleck was reportedly spotted on the set of deadpool 3 so although it is unknown whether he's in the film or not previous rumors have indicated that he would be reprising his role as daredevil which so again not would, much to this no but it, it would be cool that would be cool would to be see good. him come back we talked about i think last time or the time before X-Men coming back from the X-Men movies, James Marsden, Frankie Jansen, uh, Halle Berry. That would be, that would be fun. Uh, but just hearing things like this, I would like it. You know, I reference, you know, movies from the noughties when talking about what Sony are doing with the Spider-Man characters. But back then, like, you know, Daredevil, Elektra, Punisher, those movies, that's, that's what we had. Like, you know, we got 05, Batman Begins, Chris Nolan, and that did change things. But that's what we were getting from Marvel characters at different studios. But it would be cool to see Affleck come back because, do you know what? I like that film. Michael Clark Duncan, perfectly cast as Kingpin. There's a lot to like about it. But on the back of this rumour, there's new footage of Affleck in a unused hooded daredevil suit which is pretty cool and if you think back to battling matt uh no battling jack murdoch his dad it was a boxer so it's kind of like a boxing robe that he had a hood for on top of the daredevil costume oh you know i mean like it would be the perfect sandbox for, for the deadpool character to play in this movie if that's what they would do. i mean i mean admit it like how cool would it have been back then to have the Avengers type kind of team crossover with those characters, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Nick, Nick Cage's Ghost Rider, hey. Punisher, Blade, Spider-Man, Fantastic Men, like give me Nick Cage anything. If it's Nick Cage coming <laughs> back as Ghost Rider and pissing fire again, just <laughs> I don't well, care. I don't know if we've speculated this before, but the end of Daredevil 2, I'm sure we can all talk openly about it, where and again it's all just a gag where he's he's time traveling shenanigans what if this movie is him messing with time going to different like alternate worlds because of his time travel shenanigans maybe like maybe they have the tva maybe they don't because the tva is, has disbanded or something i don't know whatever's going on there but yeah maybe it's just him jumping through different universes he's bringing wolverine along with them because it's funny i don't know and it's just crossing paths of things obviously there's something a little bit more to it but what if that's the movie and it's just him just having a romp of a time it would be <laughs> a lot of fun it's like it's playing the greatest hits yeah yeah it i would be... i would like it it all you... fits in with the multiverse saga of things that are that are going on yeah but in yeah. a daredevil fashion but who knows you know or Deadpool fashion, but yes. That's what I said, meant to. <laughs> James Mangold, he was asked because obviously he you know, directed Logan, which is a fantastic film, and the end of Wolverine's life. But I when he was Pierce, asked... He? Well, well, I don't know. I don't know about Pierce, but when asked about Deadpool, like he made a perfectly good point. Deadpool 3 is a Logan prequel. So Logan still happens. What happens in Logan still happens, but whatever happens in the third Deadpool movie is before Logan. Sure. So that tracks. It's a Logan, you know, it's an older 
Logan. But at the same time, like if you, you know, put a character to bed as well as Mangold did with Logan, and then you hear Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Past Lives star Greta Lee has been cast in Tron 3. She's landed a leading role joining Jared Leto and Evan Peters in the sequel titled Tron Ares. Whenever somebody new is added to the cast, it just reminds me that they're making a new Tron film. I forget every time. That's pretty much... I mean, did we ever talk about Evan Peters? I mean, we could talk about Greta Lee or whatnot, but... um. Did we I mean, talk about in, Jared Leto and Evan Peters? Well, Jared Leto, yeah, he was the first one added to the cast. Right. Evan Peters has been added since we lasted a, a new show. But she's the latest edition, Greta Lee. I mean, Evan Peters, well like him a lot, great addition to the cast. But again, they're still making a third it Tron makes film. It a little bit more legit, doesn't it? Like, oh, maybe, maybe this is actually happening now. Tron... The first movie was a film that I watched when I was a kid just because it happened to be on. I never went out of my way to watch it. When they made Tron Legacy, Daft Punk doing the soundtrack, incredible. Visuals, the the music was fantastic. Bringing back Jeff Bridges, I thought it was a lot of fun. Didn't do as well as Disney would have liked, so it went away. We got a animated series, Tron Uprising. Elijah Wood voiced a character in that, but then Tron went away, away again. But we're getting a a third movie now. Blumhouse Production CEO Jason Blum confirmed that the long in development Spawn movie is in. This is what he said: very, very active development. I guess all intentions are there to <laughs> to make this movie happen. Yeah. How long has this movie been? In development, I'd, I'd not even know. with Blumhouse, like before Blumhouse, has it jumped? Um, I mean, Spawn creator Seth MacFarlane is involved. Todd McFarlane, <laughs> Todd McFarlane, yeah, not the not the Family Guy. Wow. <laughs> now, I think that yeah, this Spawn movie has always been Blumhouse. They've been talking about it for like the longest time. And that's why they're having to say things like very, very active development, just so people know it's still happening. And this is with Jamie Foxx playing Al Simmons' Spawn. Hey, I want to see this movie. I remember the one that came out, I think it was 97 with Michael J. White, and he did a good job. Mm-hmm. We've only had... One live action spawn. This is good with the second. Is very, very active development more than very active development and therefore more than active development? Like, is that how it goes? Or is highlighting the fact that it's very, very kind of just saying that it's like, eh. I'm going to be Not honest. Really. Until hearing you say very, very active development, I didn't actually have an episode title. But now I do. <laughs> So if nothing else, it has given us an episode title for this. Sure. Okay, done. <laughs> well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. Well, Harley Quinn, The Joker, and The Suicide Squad 
cause havoc in Isekai, an all-new original anime series from Warner Brothers Japan and WIT Studios. Now, that word that I probably mispronounced, Isekai, um, is a term for another world in Japanese. I've got to be honest, I had to look it up. I had no idea. So, yes, <laughs> it means another world. And if you see the trailer, which is more of a announcement spot, it's very short. You see Harlequin, you see Joker, and then it gets all weird. Um, <laughs> it's the anime style <laughs> and, the, and the 3D like CGI look to it. It wasn't weird enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, because... You know, we're talking earlier, 1DC, James Gunn, Peter Saffron, you know, all of that. Well, this is obviously outside of that. So they're still doing other stuff. Whether they're going to slap on Elseworlds, I just don't know. This just seems like a thing that's happening. I mean, they've gone to talented people for this. Um, It's interesting. I mean, I'm always going to be happy for new DC content, especially if it's going to be content that's well-received. You know I'm not the biggest fan of anime, the things that I have liked in the past, uh, but it's not my go-to, but that's okay. We're going to get a Suicide Squad animated series and hopefully it can find an audience. We've seen... It's not the first time that we've we've seen like the DC world in an anime style. Yeah. Well, we um, got it in Catwoman Hunted, which was a good film, and most recently Ruby Justice League something yeah, Huntman, and part 1. Even like even like Batman Ninja something. Yeah, um, Batman Ninja. Was that was like Batman Ninja Literally or something. Batman Ninja. <laughs> he started in people. Gotham and then he went back in time. And the movie took place. Like, wasn't there like that anthology thing like Gotham Knights or something, and there was like some of them were anime or all of them were, or and that was kind of tap that was set within the Nolan Batman mm. universe, but they went to different studios to, yeah, that was a, yeah. a different thing, but yes, but, I mean, we've had DC anime, before. usually what we get is is like one off movies and stuff. They are like, I think they're doing like a, like a series here is something yeah. a little bit different, but I think if they are going to tap into a certain aspect of the dc world i think the batman kind of realm of things which this would be like the joker i think they work better if they come out and and it's like look forward to the new superman anime i'm like hey that's kind of crazy actually that could be kind of (laughs) cool i mean again though i I mean this but this is warner brothers yeah but it's warner brothers japan it's which studios it's not america like making anime oh, so do you know what i mean it, it sounds like it's going to be authentic anime yeah but again having said what i just said i really want like a superman anime where he's just like crazy <laughs> <laughs> he's just like destroying planets because he can because he's you superman. know i'm waiting on an announcement for us here in australia for my adventures with superman because yeah. the 6th of July is when they get it in the US on Adult Swim. Most, or oh, and Max in the US, most Max, if not all content, usually we're going to binge, but there's no release date. I'm kind of hoping it's just going to drop out of nowhere. Yeah. We've got like a Clone, Clone High, 
Gremlins, like all the max content is on binge for us, but nothing on my adventures with Superman yet. Yeah, I'm also looking for. Is that anime? That's not though. It's, it's, it's not anime. No, I mean it's got a it, the animation style. It has like an anime style to it, but no, it's not. It's not anime. Yeah, and that's Jack Quaid as Superman. So I would like to see that. Paramount Plus has cancelled the previously confirmed second season of Star Trek Prodigy and plans to remove the animated series from its platform. And when we release this episode, Prodigy could already be gone. Now, there is other places you can get it. It's still available on Binge, complete season one. But what they're looking to do, they've almost finished season two and they've gone, nope, Cancelled, done. They're going to finish season two because apparently they're close and they're going to shop it around to other streaming services or other like networks or whatever. But this caught me by surprise because Paramount Plus, the home of Star Trek, they've got all the Star Trek. And that's a thing they said in the beginning. Paramount Plus, all the Star Trek, like whether it's the older shows, the, the new shows, but to cancel it and to take it off, it's like, you know, there's a film, not Paramount Plus, but Disney Plus. It's called Craters. McKenna Grace, Kid Cudi. It was released in May, and Disney Plus have removed it. It is a Disney Plus original movie. And within like seven weeks, they've taken it down. It's just a weird thing that seems to be happening at the moment but that's what paramount plus are looking at doing with star trek prodigy they're taking it down or they're taking it down and they're going to shop it around elsewhere it's a good show i did enjoy it when they first announced it i thought it was going to be more preschool star trek looking at a younger audience but it ended up being more of a teen audience and it's canon kate mulgrew is in it we see her as actual Janeway. After Voyager returns at the end of that series, we see where she is all these years later. There's Chakotay, other Voyager, not just characters, but the cast members are coming back and reprising their roles. So it was a fun little thing. Like we've got Lower Decks, which is a comedy. This isn't a comedy, but animated. And it's a, it's a weird thing, like when something is renewed and then cancelled, it's disappointing. It's, yeah. You know, as you were starting to read this news, in my head, even though you said Prodigy, I was thinking Lower Decks, and I was like, oh, like, like that is a big surprise. And then I was also questioning, why did you not take advantage of the Jack Quaid segue? And then I was like, ah, oh, it's Prodigy, the, the show targeted at the younger audience and maybe that's just what's not working there maybe it's like star trek you know maybe they haven't managed to tap into the younger because but it's not there for it it's paramount it's nickelodeon if you've got paramount plus we do you've got your nickelodeon sub category it's yeah. just i mean again but there's obviously something but they've made them otherwise they've made themselves the home of Star Trek. There's a couple yeah. of stragglers, like here in Australia, Lower Decks is still available on Prime because of an original deal. Star Trek Picard was always planned as 
as three seasons. When season three came out, it was both Prime and Paramount Plus for us, but in the US, I think it was just Paramount Plus. But what you just said there, I'm generally I'm disappointed about Prodigy being cancelled. If they cancelled Lower Decks, I would be devastated. <laughs> I really would be because I love that show. It is so much fun. It's yeah. generally funny, but it's like deep in Star Trek lore. It's a lot of fun. Whereas this is something See, I that I watched, the, enjoyed. That's the difference there. And you're someone who, if you were to pick out of the two shows, you're obviously not picking Prodigy. I'm not saying no. I, if I had to pick, yes, Lower Decks, exactly. but. Prodigy. And then if you take it to yeah. the wider audience, just like any other show on a streaming service, it's got to be doing something. People have got to be watching it. It's got to be bringing in new subscribers. It's got to be doing something. Obviously, it's not doing or not doing enough of what they need it to do. And even like we started to get educated when Disney Plus started like removing content, and we're like, "What the hell? Like, sure, it's there. Like, they've made it. Why is it?" It, it shouldn't they shouldn't be losing money off stuff then we started learning about our oh, residuals and that, you know that's a big hot topic now hence the writers strike and all that stuff that's going on and the potential man sag strikes that we might be getting yeah there are all you know, these things so again there's sometimes they yeah. wait up and they go, well like, we're losing money take it off we what you just said it. there right just i mean it's a kid show and for the longest time we didn't know where we stood because over at sounds like comics we did a full review of season one and we had and we had to wait for a long time and that was because they released the first half of the season but just referred to it as season one and i was like thinking do we just review i think it was like 10 episodes do we review that as a season there was no communication from anybody from the show like online like are we waiting for a, is this a mid-season break or is this a season finale are we waiting on season two or are we waiting on the rest of season one and eventually it turns out that it was a mid-season break but maybe because it was a kids show they didn't feel as though enough people would be interested and they didn't tell them. Whereas normally if a show goes on a break or it's coming back for another season, like it's very clear to the viewers like what's happening because we need to know or we'd like to know where to pick it up next. So there seemed to be like a black hole in between the first half and the second half of Prodigy where we never actually knew what was happening. And then it came back after a mid-season break, picked up for a second season and then cancelled. To a yeah. bit of a, a weird journey, but maybe it's because it was a kid show and that's how it was treated. Um, well, this was kind of a, a kid's show, but um, I know it's got some avid adult fans. Uh, we got our first look at Ang, Katara, Sokka, and Zuko. I probably said most of them wrong, as I do with most things. Um, in Netflix's live-action Avatar, the last Airbender series. Now, look, I'm somewhat familiar with the with the anime um i'm gonna guess that you're not you probably watched the awful movie that's <laughs> i was gonna say that's gonna i'm be, somewhat I'm familiar with the m night Shyamalan movie <laughs> <laughs> i've seen it you watched it that one time and was like, <laughs> i did well, all right that was a movie i watched yeah <laughs> that's not my avatar looking at you james cameron <laughs> 
I anyway. Um, no, I've got to say, look, as someone who's, you know, I've watched most of the first kind of season series, whatever you call it. So there's a few characters here that I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I know that one. I mean, in terms of like the looks, yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're doing, they're doing all right. Like I, again, I've got no real, you know, dog in this race or whatever the phrase is. But I mean, in terms of, do they look right? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. Like, hey, sure. listen, I've seen the photos. It's the bald boy. He's got the blue arrow on his head. I'm like, yep. He's wearing the orange the robes. Everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, it looks no, like. Yeah, anime, and and it looks like they've gone authentic in terms of you know like Asian race for some of these characters, which I'm like, well, that makes sense for <laughs> the characters, the setting and stuff that. I think this it's I don't even know. But but sure, like it looks it looks alright. Well okay then. Linda Hamilton is joining the cast of Stranger Things season five. That just feels like pitch perfect casting. Yeah. Having... He's actually gonna be replacing the role of Eleven because uh Eleven's actually the, the actress has aged out. Of the role and no, <laughs> come on! Listen, when I was there. believing you, do, do you know what? <laughs> I would not be surprised if there's not a time jump and Linda Hamilton is playing an older eleven. I mean, you what? were joking. It could happen. Who knows? It could happen. But having Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor herself, is yeah. like, it's perfect for casting. Her in Stranger Things season five. So I do like it. And it was pretty cool. What kind kind of character? Like a badass, like military kind of woman or one of the school kids' mum? No, 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 no. Don't waste her on some kid's mum. Did you see the casting announcement? And it was a black and white Polaroid. And it was... Linda Hamilton upside down. I'm like, that's great. That's a great Ooh. bit of marketing and just a promo for the show. I really, really like that. And, you know, recently, I mean, we got her in that Terminator movie, back as Sarah Connor, Dark Fate, but we also got her in the Resident Alien TV series. I do like a bit of Linda Hamilton, so it's good to see her doing well. And the fifth and got to be final season of Stranger Things because I just say 2027. The kids are all grown ups. <laughs> they're all adults. Literally, they're going to be in their thirties. It's like they're going to be older than us. I don't know how the maths works, but they're going to be older than us. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, MGM Plus has renewed. What the hell is MGM Plus? Um, a streaming service we don't have yet. Makes sense. All right, has renewed horror series from. For a third season. Well, I know we have from on Stan here in Australia. So there we go. Let's keep it local. We have MGM Plus in Australia. Do it's we? available through Prime Video. Amazon? That's where, yes, right. yep, that's where I've seen it. But you are right. That's one of those. For us, channels. it's an add on one, which yes. pretty much costs the same as Prime, which makes no sense to me. But anyway, there's many add ons within within prime i miss the days we will talk about from but i miss the days when you go into prime and you could see something and think i'd like to watch that and just click on it not anymore because it's, yeah, sugar. it's mgm it's like 
Oh, it, it bothers me. Is there a city where you can just look at the Amazon? Yes, there is. Content? You can't. You okay. can do that. But I have to work that out before. Yeah, standard really setting, and and I know there is a way to do it, but I do still have standard setting, and it's like you'll see something. Oh, what am I watching that? Click here for a free trial. Oh, bloody hell! Or click yeah, here to like purchase. But from is a great show. It's got your guy in it, Michael from Lost. Remind me of his name. <laughs> Um, I want to say Harold Per something Perinu Perinau. It's a hard name Eddie, to say. It's why I was asking you. I thought you Is would know close? it. It's similar. <laughs> I mean, but, um, he was in a season and a half. And oh, really? Came back uh, in like season five. I thought it was in four, more than that. Three, but let's talk about the show. From they've they've aired the second season. I've not seen it yet. I've only seen that first season. And you know me, every now and then, I like to dabble in Stan. And I'm days away from dabbling once again. And I cannot wait to watch the second season of From. Thoroughly enjoyed that first season. And I'm excited for a third. But before that, I'm going to watch the second. It's a bloody good show. Have you seen it? Do it in order. I reckon. Absolutely. That's that's probably what they want you to do. But have (laughs) have you watched it? No, it is literally on our ever-growing list. Oh, it's one that, it's as, you, as you said before, my wife likes like horror things, and she's always up for a horror series of types. I don't even know if it qualifies as that, but it is horror. It is, yep, it is horror. Fantastic. She'll be, she'll be happy. She's on track, um, and she keeps saying she's like Michael from Lost, isn't it? I'm like, okay, that's not a draw. Like, I don't know why people keep pushing that on me, but. I'm all for it. We just haven't got around to it. It's, it's not that, a critique. Yeah, you're it's like, a, whoever knows you, you are the biggest Lost fan that they will meet. That's, that's true. That is, that is true. The Come thing that I don't like about the show, the tile. I don't like the tile. It's hard to search yeah. for. From. It's a bit of a nothing tile. It's a common word. I don't think it's the best tile for a show having such a Bring it back to Lost. Looking up lost, <laughs> yes. looking up lost merchandise, looking up lost DVDs. Or that is what, a good point. It was a nightmare, just horrendous. It was like, ah, you look but up lost, from, it's just like lost in space. No, not lost in space, just lost. Anyway, from is a great show and it's getting a third season. Well, that is that's it for TV news. Now, on to the recommends. So, I'm doing something really weird and different with my recommend this week. Now, we've all watched shows like Porn Stars and like, I don't know the one with storage walls or whatever where they bit off random things and look for hey you know the ones where it's like hey look some cool show and occasionally there'll be something that piques us as pop culture people as movie lovers as whatever but usually it's like just old crap and bits and pieces and we're like, oh, cool i found a show it's on netflix all right it's pretty new it's called king of collectibles the golden touch now i don't normally sit down and watch reality shows but something hooked me to this and what they do, it's about Ken Golden and his savvy team run uh, the synopsis. They run the thrilling action venturing inside a leading auction house specializing in rare collectibles. So there's a lot of pop culture stuff, celebrity memorabilia. There's some sports items and jerseys and stuff. And that's probably where you'd think I would lose interest. But even then, like the way it's all done, I mean, it's overly dramatic, but not over-the-top dramatic, but it still hooks you, and you're invested in these little things that they've got. 
because they get people they're bringing in things they cut a deal with them they auction the items off and it's like edge of your seat are they going to hit the target they want are they going to exceed it are they going to how much money is this shit worth and they go into the history of what the items are there's some cool stuff there's like you know like 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 there's some jerseys and stuff michael jackson's hat i don't know britney britney spears's like little shirt she wore once or whatever pokemon cards um i don't know original apple products and things like that all sorts of random stuff but again this is a show where it does focus on more pop culture kind of related things and that's the hook and as a catch every episode ends on a bloody cliffhanger so even if you're like ah i'll just finish this one up you have to at least watch the beginning of the next episode to find out how one of the things turned out sons of bitches but it's on netflix so it's all right there not many episodes like six episodes or something again this is a weird recommend but it's just something i came across piqued my interest and i'm like i'm into it i enjoy watching it that's it king of collectibles the golden touch I've heard of it, and I've gone as far as adding it to my list. I haven't it's got on your to list. it. Yes. It's on my list, yeah. <laughs> my greatest fear was you being like, what kind of horrendous recommend was this? <laughs> no, I oh, saw... I've been, I mean, I've been up for weeks. I've been up for weeks. <laughs> ready for it. I've not heard of it before. And, you know, when you hover over something on Netflix, it'll start showing you the trailer. And I thought, oh, this looks pretty interesting. So I did. I added it to my list. So I'll I'll make a point of actually watching it. I'm going to recommend a documentary that you know that I've watched recently because I told you, and I'd been wanting to watch it for a while, and I got so much more out of it than I thought I would. Like I'd been interested for the longest time. I'm recommending The Last Blockbuster. The manager of The Last Blockbuster video store struggles to keep the store open. So that's what I knew the documentary was going to be. And this is in Bend, Oregon, in the US. And you've got Jamie Kennedy, Kevin Smith. I don't know why I say Jamie Kennedy first. But you've got all these other people (laughs) in there. Uh, Adam Brody talking about their experiences with Borbster Video. And as I was watching it, I was so close to messaging you to say, you definitely need to see this because, I mean, I've got nostalgia with Blockbuster. I think a lot of people would do. Not only renting movies from there when I was a kid, like my first rental was The Nutty Professor on VHS in the 90s. And, you know, just being a... I just do because it was such a big thing. It was a big, big thing. But when I moved to Australia all those years ago, my first job in this country was as a manager at a what was the video and i thoroughly enjoyed this i feel like i can really relate to the people in this documentary the stories that they're telling but it, it's it's quite educational as well now it very it's mainly from the perspective of like who is still running the last blockbuster and so it, it's very much like a feel-good documentary but then they talk about how rentals started like, in the first place. Because when movies were first released on VHS, like in the US at least, it was like $100 for a VHS tape. And it's <laughs> how much do you love a movie that you're going to pay $100 to watch it at home? And then rental stores started opening and they would buy multiple tapes 
and then you know the business model they you would then rent from them you'd pay a rental fee or whatever but the studios didn't know that was going to happen and they didn't like it so they tried to sue and then it ended up like turning around and then hey this is actually a good thing because we're hitting a second market we've got theatrical then home release so it gives like the the origin of the video store not just blockbuster but just in general so for movie buffs like us there's so much to take away from this documentary and then it does get to the point where they are literally talking about the last blockbuster it's a really interesting documentary and i'm so glad that i finally got to see it after well it came out in 2020 so i've had to wait a few years before i could actually watch it my only question do they ever in the documentary reference the second last blockbuster they don't morley western australia they don't no close to home right here where they they don't i mean again like i would say it is from a certain perspective and you had somebody that had a handful of blockbusters in the US and they went down to one. So it is, but they do talk about what happened between Netflix and Blockbuster. And, you know, there's some, you know, people think that Netflix killed Blockbuster and it's actually talked about in the documentary and it's not quite what happened. So it's definitely worth a watch. There you go. The last Blockbuster. Well, that's it for another episode of That Film Stew. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of The Flash and Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.